remarkably, we hit another eight a billion pounds worth of work of new construction orders that we researched uh, here at Builders Conference during the month. Now, a short month as well. So absolutely remarkable. Good morning and welcome to the business briefing for the month of February. I'm your host, Mark Anthony, and if you were here uh, half an hour ago, you'll know this is my second live show of the day. But thankfully, having screwed up most of my script last time around, I'm going to be joined on this one by uh, none other than Neil Edwards, the CEO at the Builders Conference. Uh, Neil is probably feeling fairly chipper because his beloved uh, Crystal Palace didn't lose this weekend. He's probably feeling even more chipper based on the fact that the BC Live League table has just registered £8 billion worth of new work. To find out exactly how that happened in a short month with the New Year's hangover still hanging over us, Let's get Neil onto the show. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, I've already preempted this, but <laughs> before we ask any questions at all, what were the scores on the doors for the month of February 2021? Remarkably, we hit another eight a billion pounds worth of work of new construction orders that we researched uh, here at Builders Conference during the month. Now, a short month as well, so absolutely remarkable. <clears throat> I guess the question then is, what the hell is going on? We'd like to know, really. Um, we're trying to uh, understand what's happening in the market because there is a lot of uh, negativity around, especially certain sectors at this present moment in time. But this month, you know, just seems to have broken every kind of rule, shall we say. You know, last month was, what was it, 6.3 billion, which was pretty good um, when we normally think between four and five. But this month is 8 billion. Um, huge, huge numbers. There is an underlying concern, if we would like to say, is the fact that who's going to do all this work? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's great to have it all in the pot, but who in the way of labor from the from the bottom of side of things is going to do this work so are we going to see inflation um going through or is or are the sectors that are seeing uh, redundancies at this present moment in time are they going to have to be retrained quickly uh, to have a new profession and come into construction um these are all the questions we're posing but there are no answers at the moment but these are the questions we're posing now, I know in previous months when we've hit particularly um, high totals, you know, particularly in the last couple of years, we've had sort of HSE to, to point out and say, well, you know, there's there's six billion pounds worth of, of work in, in one big hit. Have we had that this month or is this just, just an accumulative total? It's just an accumulative total. It's, sh it's shown by the fact that the uh, top 20 on our BC Live list uh, of contractors have all uh, secured over the hundred million pounds worth of work, and there are a couple of uh, signature projects in there uh, up at the top. But the leading project manager stroke company that's at the top hasn't even hit the one billion pound mark. It's just under the billion pound mark. So it's it's spread very evenly. Um, and if you look over the whole of the month, there are something like three hundred and forty companies securing work, which is very good news as well. Um, and they've all got significant wins so yeah it's spread evenly um or more evenly than it has been there are no signature projects of hs2 or whatever and we've still got some of those to come because obviously there's 2a to be added on to hopefully this and we're also looking at um probably hopefully 
the A303 underpass of Stonehenge and maybe um, there is also another tunnel east of London. Um, so is Boris coming up with the actual or the government rather than Boris because it's the government uh, is is the government coming up with the goods? Um, I hope so. But let's keep going back to the fact who's going to do it. We'll come on to the specifics of the uh, individual winners and um, I was going to say winners and losers. I don't think there were too many losers. So no, we'll come on really. to the individual winners in a second. But that spread is probably the most reassuring part of the monthly total. The fact that it, it's not just one or two contractors that have taken the spoils. We're talking 340 that have all had a very good month. Yes, exactly. And that 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 is the absolute positive news. And hopefully that is um, being disseminated through those businesses as well, because there is a lot of uncertainty for staff as we go forward now. Uh, what is the future for their business? Because they're seeing a lot of uh, issues around around the UK economy. But hopefully those companies have um, shouted uh, loudly to their staff all the way through and said, yes, we've secured this. Um, and keeping fingers crossed, we are planning ahead and, and and the planning looks pretty good so yeah it's uh, 340 companies is great great news so you mentioned that the uh, top company didn't quite make the billion pound who were they and how, how big did they get yeah well well the top company is actually a project manager stroke client kind of thing and they picked up two projects um one was worth uh 730 million um and it's the client in conjunction with A2 Dominion Group, which is obviously a housing uh, partnership. Uh, and the development would provide over 1,200 residential dwellings, real retail business and community, community spaces. Uh, and that's in Southeast 15, round Lewisham area. It's called the Ruby Triangle site. Um, they're doing it with the, quite a prestigious architect here as well, uh, Farrell's. Uh, and in conjunction with also KSR Architects. So that's uh, one of their projects. And the other project they've picked up is in the client in conjunction with ICG Urban Village Development. Um, and it's a four buildings of between four and nine storeys to provide over 375 residential units uh, and flexible retail units underneath that as well. So they're like a, kind of a mixed use development. Um, and that one, the architects are going to be a cell architecture. Now, Avanton um, Limited, who are named as the lead on both of these, um, we're trying to find out whether they're going to do this via project management or packages or or whatever. But, yeah, they're the two businesses or they're the two projects that have um, shot Avanton up to the top um, of the BC Live League table. Oh, it's notable that that big project the, the 730 million or whatever it was not only is it housing which is our usual suspect it's in london which is geographically our usual suspect yeah yeah that, I, I take it that's going to skew the uh, the overall figures on both of those as well is it it has it has and um w one good thing about it is is the fact that it's not so much of a speculative housing um it is divided into two um, where you have got some social and um, local housing rather than just but yes it has very much skewed that we're looking at something like um, 3.5 billion pounds this month which is just under half obviously of, of the overall month's total of housing projects 
and then 1.5 of mixed use developments. So if you add those two together, you know, you are five million or billion, sorry, five billion pounds worth of work. Um, yeah, it's still in those two sectors that really we are looking at. Um, it, other ones that which are catching up, which is uh, this month is warehouses. So we're looking at uh, the investment as we've now coming out of uh, uh, parts of the economy, but the logistics side of moving uh, goods around the UK uh, and the demise of obviously the high street means that warehouses are going to become more prominent in our in our world. So, yeah, um, warehouses and industrial units is this the second uh, no, sorry the third largest sector this month. Um, and following on from that, there there are some uh, larger projects in roads, so that that's where the investment is coming there. Uh, offices are fifth, something like four hundred million, and lastly. In six is is education sector. So, but yeah, it's still housing. So, who came in at number two? Right, number two this month um, is Lang O'Rourke. Um, that so it's a very old and well established name. There, they've picked up a three hundred eighty five million pound project in Bayswater, once again London, uh, and it's phase two design and build of the Whiteleys development site. Um, so it's designed by Foster and Partners. Uh, the new Whiteleys will deliver something like 139 world-class um, modern residences uh, and also some shops, offices, restaurants, public courtyard and a cinema. Um, and that's yeah, worth £385 million. And aren't Lango Rocks thought to be in the, uh, in the prime position for the new uh, Everton Football Club Stadium as well? Yes, they are. Um, they've signed a pre-contract order as we speak. Um, we actually were told that they had actually got it, um, but there was some confusion over some of the final planning issues. But I believe in the last 10 days, those have now been ticked. And all we're now doing is going to the final rubber stamp of the actual contract. And probably by the end of the, the, the football season, um, you will see that the fact that it, it, the fanfare will be given um, as well as hopefully, uh, obviously if, uh, for all Everton fans, they finish uh, significantly up the league table as well. So I think they're trying to do good news, good news, good news. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it met the final hurdle of planning and uh, yeah, Lango Rook are in absolute prime position to actually take that project as well. I think that highlights the way that the BC Live League table works as well, doesn't it? The fact that, you know, it, it's it's made the uh, the headlines. I mean, I, I'm aware of it. I think Construction Index and possibly Construction Inquirer have covered it. But you're still sitting on your hands and making sure that all the I's are, are dotted and the T's are crossed because that's that's how you end up with a factual league table, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, we, I, I was trying to jump the gum. It was something like four or five years ago on a project for Google in the middle of te in the middle of London. And uh, I understood that, you know, the, the, uh, many of the papers and press were highlighting the fact that it had been secured and won. Um, so I was questioning what were we doing incorrectly at that stage? And I was told that very, very succinctly by one of my members of staff, um, uh, we're researchers. We've been told that, yes, they're going to get it. But there's a number of things coming that could be a problem. Um, those number of things that could be a problem turned out to be a big problem because they didn't get it. And four years later, five years later, it was a totally different company 
that actually started the work on the Google building. So, yeah, that's the difference with our league tape. We don't put, we only put things up there as long as they are uh, confirmed. Yeah, which again, that, that's you know, you can see bclive.co.uk rolling, uh, scrolling across the bottom of the screen. There, that's why we choose to to bank on your information because by the time it makes that league table it's kosher it's it's been validated it's been thoroughly researched and 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 we know that it's it's safe to publish yeah exactly nobody wants to be starting um their uh kind of marketing push towards if you're a, if you're a business that's going to supply goods to those particular uh companies uh, a marketing push to them when it's not actually going to happen because you could be spending four five six thousand pounds or whatever um trying to put uh together a uh, a fancy marketing package to those to that company and that could all be wasted so yeah you've got to be careful i do understand you want to be first uh, and you want to get there first but sometimes you just have to um we kind of one of our mantras at builders conferences less is more um because if you put too much out there or sorry you know incorrect information you could send the hairs running very very quickly yeah, absolutely. So, number three. Number three on the list is uh, another project manager type uh, pro- uh, company as well. But this is for a £200 million project at 70 Gracechurch Street in the centre of London. Um, it includes for more than 72,000 square metres of flexible office floor space uh, and more than 1,800 uh, square metres of flexible retail space. So... Uh, there's still confidence in the city to provide these uh, buildings, um, even with the economic outlook that has been uh, severely dented by uh, COVID. But <clears throat> yes, it's something like a 33-storey uh, mixed-use scheme, a public gallery, winter garden at levels 29 and 30 uh, will offer views across London. So yeah, that's a project. We, we don't know whether the, the client is going to act as a project manager as well on this one as well. So we're, we're looking at that as well. It's interesting. I, I, you know, I, I tend to look for, at these um, discussions of ours for trends. And I mean, certainly in, over the past few years, we've seen a lot of move towards mixed use development. So part residential, part retail. As you say, there's been the rise and rise of warehousing. Uh, I, I think you're right in the fact that, you know, the, the, the decline of the high street, but also the fact that UK manufacturing is not perhaps what it once was. So we're, we're bringing goods in from overseas. So that's prompted that. But a couple, we've had a couple of examples there, number one and number three, where we're talking about project management companies. Is, is that the fact that you're getting the information earlier or is that the fact that project management is becoming the way forward for these things? Well, if you go around, um, obviously I go around London when I could <laughs> before obviously lockdown and you look at signboards and everything else, you'll look at some of them and and. and and on, on top of cranes, and you can't quite see who the developer is, or sorry, I say the contractor is. I think that's probably, yeah, if you've got a strong team of, of people within your business that can manage, manage, manage the product, then are we seeing some of these projects going not to main contractors? I don't know. It, it's it's definitely something to keep a look out of and and that's why mace does very well um because it's obviously uh, multi-functional uh, multi-disciplined as a business um, it can pm jobs uh, and it can also work as a contractor so is that a, a, 
an underlying trend? We don't know. Uh, well, COVID has done everything to the economy. Um, I, it has made us all sink differently. And maybe that's what's happening with some clients. Yeah, and when you think about the way that the construction industry works anyway, you're talking about sort of multi-layers and contractors and subcontractors and specialist subcontractors working for the subcontractors. I, I wouldn't say we don't need main contractors anymore, but but when you think about what a project management company could do, it's it's not like they're overstepping the, the bounds of, of what they're capable of. It, it seems like a perfectly reasonable approach, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. And as long as you've got a strong team working and, and the coordination is all there, what probably a lot of clients don't want to do is the coordination between all the trades, between all the disciplines, between all the professionals. Uh, but if you've got a project management team that are probably coming from the likes of the big 10 contractors across the UK plus others, then you are saving quite a lot of money, most probably. Um, and Okay, it it can have its gains and its losses, but yeah, it, it could be a way forward in the in the future. Right. So, getting back to the main part of the conversation, I keep yeah. going on tangents. I do apologise. That's I, okay. I, I, my first show this morning, I hadn't had enough coffee. I think I've had too much now. So, uh, get, <laughs> getting back to, to number four on the t on the league table. Yeah, number four is Morgan Sindel Group. Uh, they've also taken the uh, most number of project wins this month. They've gone to twenty six. Um, with an overall total, uh, an accumulative total there of £311 million. Um, the largest one of their projects is for their uh, uh, level homes side of things. Um, and that's for a, uh, a development in Weymouth. So finally, we've, we've wandered out of London and uh, we've gone a little bit further south, south, southwest. Um, it's, it's a mixed-use development comprising of up to 100, uh, what is it, 500 dwellings, including affordable housing, um, and also up to eight hectares of employment land to include a new hotel, residential care home, car showrooms and other employment land. So a very, very broad project that one is. And that's worth about 120 million. And as I said, that's down uh, in Weymouth um, in fifth. Oh, sorry. You're gonna... I was going to say, when, when you look back at the, the, the BC Live League table over the last couple of years, housing has been, you know, on occasions more than half, sometimes three quarters of all the, the workload. And yet we're, st we're still missing house building targets. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't stack up at all, does it? No, it doesn't. So that shows you how much we are lagging behind and how the, you know, I think I, I understand it's something like it's got up to, isn't it, 250,000 uh, residential units per year for the next five years if we're going to meet the UK um, population. Uh, you know, it'd be good to see um, how many units will be do we did in 2020. Um, we haven't got that information yet. Um, it's, it's, we can collect it. We, we do collect it. We do collect it on our projects to say how many units, but it's the industry, I have to say, is very poor at actually giving the real figures out because uh that probably is a bit too uh open and honest um accountable um all those kind of words so yeah we we would like to collect that information it's easy of <clears throat> excuse me it's very easy to do so on our platform but the industry itself is not too forthcoming with it um, the, the interesting point there, I think, is you've already said, you know, with, with £8 billion worth of work, how are we going to do it? 
if by some miracle we did start to hit that 250,000 residential mm. units per year, mm. that, that begs the question again, doesn't it? You know, how, how on earth would we do it? Well, you and I have spoken over countless number of years about apprenticeships um, and how construction has never been seen as a real sexy industry, whether it be uh, on site or in the office. Um, we've really got to have a huge change in our uh, way of thinking at school. And we're not talking about 14, 15 year olds uh, thinking about construction. We've really got to start earlier than that because, um, you know, we really have to go from 11, 10, 11, 12 years old to get people interested in construction. Uh, you and I have both had a um, a great time in construction, we can say. Um, we really have. It's, it's not always been good, but it's been pretty good to us. Um, but yeah, we've got to we've got to somehow make the, the bricklayers and carpenters or and electricians or we look at prefabrication and we look at offsite uh, works uh, and that would include huge investment in machinery technology. So it's a balance. Who's going to give us the money uh, to invest in that amount of work? I think it's often said that our prefab works business is is okay but there are a number of other countries around the world that provide better um better products than us at the present moment in time whether that be scandinavia or whether that be even china uh but we don't look at there obviously the carbon footprint we should really be looking at trying to bring that um a lot of that prefabrication back to the uk yeah, it's interesting. We, we, we did a focus on um, apprenticeships and training in our recent uh, construction collective show. Um, and it, it was very refreshing to see the likes of, um, you know, the plant hire. So Flannery and Lynch plant and plant force, not just investing in apprentice apprentices, but investing in apprenticeship centres and training centres, largely around HS2. But they're using HS2 as, as a means to strengthen their workforce to a really, really big degree. I, I, maybe I'm too remote from it, but I don't, I don't sense that from the, the contractor side of things. I would have to say, and it, I haven't heard that we're providing that kind of um, understanding. Um, what our data will show um, is where we should be putting these training centres, uh, because it's pointless putting on courses um, such as. Uh, I don't want photography. I'm being a bit controversial here, but um, you know, photography and things like that. When we are really trying to build a better industry and construct, build a better UK, and we'll need, as I say, electricians, um, plumbers. All, of, all trades, all trades, you know, it's it, we really got to put on those courses rather than, yeah, as I say, here's the controversial part, fluffy courses, shall we say. Hey, listen, I work in a fluffy industry, so I, I you know, <laughs> I, 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 us boys in the media, we wouldn't know a day's work with, <laughs> jumped up and gave us a haircut. Mm. But what, what is interesting is, you know, when, when you're looking, particularly I think when you're a parent and you're looking at potential careers for your children, you're you're trying to look, generally for long-term stability and you know you've mentioned plumbers electricians and that kind of thing the, the housing sector over the past 
four or five years would have given those apprentices, those trainees and those people joining the workforce enormous stability, in, you know, and you know, a great deal of job satisfaction and some bloody good earnings as well. I think that's what we've got to get over to people um, or at least young people um, is the fact that there is a good career and a good earnings. Obviously, I started my uh, life uh, very early on at, at Waits. Absolutely fantastic training there. And I, I went on to the uh, pre-construction estimating side of things. And now um, it, that salary that you can attain in that particular um, career is very good. You know, it's way above the national average, way above the national average. And in point of fact, uh, some... Okay, in, in these times it might be a bit different, but in 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 sometimes it's like finding hen's teeth to uh, get a good estimator. So um, yeah, we we have to say that quantity surveyors, construct you know construction managers, project managers, uh, going to project managers. We've already spoken about the fact that some of these clients are taken on board that as well. So you know when you're running a seven hundred and thirty million pound project, that's one hell of a company, you know. Um, even if you're running a five million pound project, uh, that is a five million pound business. So you're you, you really have a number of um, yeah you know you're, you're, you, the responsibilities that you've got to take on board for those is huge and and we don't highlight how good the construction industry really is. Sometimes we're very poor at it. You've mentioned Morgan Sindel. Um, the, the next question, I guess, is where did Kia come? Because Kia and Morgan yeah. Sindel do tend to fight head to head on the biggest number of contracts. Yes, um, they got twenty-one. Uh, so, <laughs> so roughly one per per working day of the month. Exactly right. You know that that's that's the ballpark figure that they we we kind of uh, look for here. Not they look for. We look for. Um, yeah, they've they've hit 21 projects and over 100 million pounds worth of work there as well in the month. So, you know, on a, on a normal month, you know, they'll be in the top five, ten, um, but not this month. You know, Morgan Sindel obviously have got uh, 26 projects. Um, fantastic. Graham Construction have got 10 projects this month. Um, and also, where are we looking at? Volker Vessels, they've got eight projects. So, you know, they, a, a number of companies have got a number of projects. But, yeah, Morgan Sindel have got these uh, uh, 26 projects, which means that they're obviously number four. Number five, if we go to that very quickly, is Volker Vessels. As I said to you, uh, they've picked up uh, uh, eight projects this month, the largest of which is uh, £185 million. It's called the Uplands Development Infrastructure Scheme. And, and that's down in Southampton, Botley area. Um, so that's a number of road, road areas and road projects down there. And that's for Hampshire County Council. And one last one I'd like to talk about is obviously uh, sixth on the list is BAM. Uh, they've got over a quarter of a billion, 254 million pounds worth of work this month. Uh, and they've picked up a 192 million pound project. One of them is for the new filming studio at Sky TV, uh, 12 film studios, production office, set construction, workshop, screening cinema, and associated and uh, access parking. And that's at Boreham Wood. North, so it's north of London. Uh, so that's a, a, a very prestigious job. We've already mentioned the fact that um, housing has, has 
given us the lion's share. We also mentioned the fact that, that London has fared very well. One of the, the, the areas that we've looked at quite a bit, well, two areas that we've looked at recently is Scotland, because Scotland had different lockdown reg, um, restrictions than, than the rest of the country, and, and therefore they came out things slightly more slowly. But mm. also we're, we're keeping a very keen eye on on what's happening in the Midlands as well. So yeah. how did those two do this this past month? Yeah, well, they did pretty good as well. Um Scotland is uh, 458 million pounds worth of work. Um, but the two, so we say Midlands area is over 750 million pounds worth of work. Um, so, yeah, they are definitely emerging areas. Uh, and also uh, what we got down here, Northwest. Um, so that's like the Manchester's and the Liverpool areas. Uh, that's 365 million. Um, because, and because of that large project for Sky TV's new studio at Boreham Wood, uh, Hertfordshire is uh, 329 million pounds worth of work, but London, yes, 3.3 billion pounds worth of work. So still very London centric. Really. We, we've also touched on in the past the the, um, the imbalance between public and private um, work. How are we looking on that? Still, still imbalanced. I would yeah, guess. very, very imbalanced. Um, so it, it's. Is the government doing what it said it's going to do? I said, I said, a lot of the works may be coming out shortly. Yeah, the the, the split between the two um, is well, it's sixty three percent this month in the private sector, uh, and that's by project count, but in by project value. So uh, obviously, how much money is being spent? It's eighty percent in the public sector. Sorry, in the private sector. And only 20% in the private uh, public sector. Yeah, sorry, I'll go over them again. 20% in the uh, public and 80% in the private. So it'll all be on Wednesday's budget. We'll see what's actually happening. Um, I think some of the money that's currently being distributed around across the UK um, is probably going into more into people's pockets and rather than actually uh, infrastructure uh, projects going forward but it's when it turns off from obviously people's pockets into of uh into the public sector that's when we like to know and, and we still haven't really seen these uh headline 40 uh health projects hospital projects come through but as i said before are i would think many of those are being redesigned because what they were designed for three or four years ago is totally something different to post-pandemic UK, uh, because probably we haven't, well, we wouldn't have even thought about it on the design stage there. We're now looking at something that's totally different. So there may be a delay in those projects because it would be absolutely futile because uh, our press would be, uh, absolutely vicious if we start to build something that is inappropriate for a pandemic in the future. That does that eighty twenty split though on on value. That does feel like a, a government tightening the purse strings, doesn't it? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. It's um, and maybe that's no great surprise given you know with the furlough scheme that will have cost a lot of money. You know, having to spend extra money on the the, um, the NHS to, to get us through the pandemic that will have cost money. That's got to come from somewhere. But but eighty twenty is a it's a big imbalance, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, but is the government lending the money 
to the private sector um so it doesn't actually if the private sector fails it's an issue there rather than an issue with a failing project on site because from from a from a local authority or a, or a government spend because we're already chasing the end total for crossrail aren't we you know how much that's gone over budget um and uh, i'm sure that will be the same type of press we'll be seeing in four or five years time when hs2 comes to a conclusion um so is it trying to deflect some of the issues by putting it out to the the private sector i'm an old cynic aren't i really um they're all looking we're all looking for um their, their next vote in four years time or three years time whatever it's going to be for the next government isn't it that that is the one thing i would say you know it is entirely predictable but you know having having endured all that's gone on with the pandemic and and brexit and everything else you'd have to think that the government will have to do something to appease the nation and and generally appeasing the nation means spending more on schools hospitals roads rail and and that kind of thing um which you know is ultimately good for the nation but it, and ultimately good for their voting possibilities but it's even better for the construction industry isn't it oh great for us you know i'm very selfish in that kind of way <laughs> <laughs> bring it on because um yeah i'm very selfish i want to keep us to be at the forefront of their thought processes what we have seen over the last i think it's a last month or so is there's been a tinkering behind the scenes regarding potholes now potholes is a big big money winner and or big big vote winner for a lot of governments and local authorities and it seems that their initial pledge in their manifesto about sorting out the roads may have been watered down in the last month or so and some of that money has been diverted um so uh i think there's a little bit more to come on that um but i know that potholes especially now as we're coming out of those winter months and it's been pretty harsh in some places and wet which obviously those two together make fantastic reading for the potholes you know they love it um <laughs> but uh, yeah i i hope that they don't decide to um rob peter to pay paul isn't that an interesting insight into the British national <laughs> you know, Yes, we are. We're worried about our children's education. We're worried about our health service. But that pothole at the end of my road really drives me to distraction. And that's exactly how I'm going to vote. Whichever party is most likely to fix my pothole. Yeah. And it's a known fact, isn't it? You, It's a known fact that if there's a lot of potholes on the way to work, um, you you know every one of them don't you <laughs> absolutely right um I, I guess the final question then neil is i i you know obviously plenty to celebrate i'm i'm still not entirely sure any of us know quite why we're celebrating because I, I don't think there's any one thing that's pointing to why we've we've ended up with eight billion pounds but scanning the horizon we always keep an eye on on tenders how are we looking in the tender department it's it's leveled out it's leveled out we since the beginning of first uh, of january um we've put on uh over 1850 new construction projects now some of those are they're, they're banded into three sections uh tenders um post tender i.e that they've been put in uh but there's no news on those facts and obviously contract award and um that is above average 
uh, at this present moment in time. Um, that really is above average. So um, uh, they've leveled because what we were seeing was a decline. We're now seeing a little bit more uh, certainty, I think, because obviously now we have this roadmap, if we'd like to call it, uh, with these four stages of coming out of lockdown. And obviously with the comment that we, we don't want to go back and we won't want to go back. Um, so, yeah, there's a little bit more certainty. Um, so, yeah, uh, we're looking at numbers of tenders that, 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 that haven't dropped further from, shall we say, round about December, January time. So there is still every possibility that we construction will lead us out of the doldrums and we will, in fact, build back better. I think we will. I, but my biggest fear, and that this is on a personal note, is who is going to do it? Because what we don't want is shoddy work coming out from this. You know, we've we've been here before when uh, housing estates um, like Kidbrook and places like that in southeast London were built uh, because we needed them built after wars and things like that. But because of the workmanship and because of the training and everything else was so poor, they have to then be demolished X amount of years later. We can't afford to do that. You know, we have to start to train these people and put apprenticeships at the top of everybody's uh, kind of list. And and rather than being a, here's the controversial part again, uh, a social media influencer, um, which, yes, we, we've got to be saying to people, no, become a carpenter, become a become a plumber, become a become an electrician, become a roof tiler. Um, but. On the reverse, it does take time um, to train these people up. So we've got to start now rather than having the problem later on. It's interesting you should mention Kidbrook and, and the, you know, the problems of, of poor construction in the past. Um, last year, uh, last week, rather, I, I did a, a, a seminar with um, Mike Keogh at C&D Consultancy. We were talking about car parks, British multi-storey car parks. And, and he, he made reference in there of the construction what his father told him was Friday afternoon construction. You know, it's Friday afternoon, that'll do. You know, we haven't got the mm. right size rebar, but that'll mm. do. We haven't got the right concrete, no, that'll do. Let's just get it done and get out. And, and as a result, we've got a, a huge potential crisis with crumbling car parks. And the as you say, housing stock has been exactly the same. You, you know, you've mm. only got to look at some of the, the tower blocks. And listen, I grew up in a couple of them. You, you've only got to look at the, the, the parlor state of some of those to see what we're talking about. You know, we, we do need to learn those lessons from the past, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. And, and I think I, I joined in a debate with you not so long ago regarding um, putting uh, cameras on sites or putting cameras on people um etc um we have them on parking attendance we have them on police we have them on ambulance we have them on people like that that's to protect not only them but obviously protect the public um but what's the difference in having a camera on on a on a site operative or an operative uh, uh, you know or a management operative uh to make sure that things are done correctly i think that's where the digital age is going to frighten a lot of people but i think in time it's only going to become part of what we do because to make sure we don't have that friday afternoon or it will do attitude we need to make sure that people are doing things correctly and um, because lives could be lost at the end of the day um, if something collapses like a, a car park or whatever then wow you know uh, what what could happen we don't know do we uh, but i think that's going to be part of what 
the digital age has got to come to construction. That's all I'm, uh, you know, it's coming to everywhere else. It's got to come to construction. It's, it's such an interesting thing because obviously I spend part of my time writing about construction equipment. And when you look at things like um, compaction, you know, we can we can monitor exactly how many times a roller went over a certain spot so that if there is a failure on a road, we can trace back trace back to the machine that did the compaction, how, you know, how it was made. There's been a huge amount of work that's been done on, on particularly projects like HS2. So, you know, they can monitor exactly what was done in certain places, where the fill material came from, how many passes it was compacted in, all of that exists. And yet we, we, we still seem slightly reluctant to do that with people. And ultimately, you know, mm. people are, are the driving force of this industry, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, I think it's back down to the word accountability, really, Mark. It's, um, uh, we don't like that word in construction um, sometimes it, because you know, we can actually be brought to book. And, you know, I think you you did something the other day regarding on one of your uh, breakfast shows at, at early in the morning about somebody falling through the roof. Um, now, it, it was from a roofing contractor and they also then decided to put themselves into liquidation uh, because it would be cheaper and more effective to do it. And the HSE finally grew some and... Um, brought them out of it they, they produced a law to, to bring them out of it and they were charged with it and everything else but that's what we've got to do you know it's uh, but but what will happen in the end of the day clients ultimately will also have to pay for that so it, it's down the whole chain that we've got to look at this down the whole chain bizarrely when, when you obviously it's a different industry but when you think about something like the waste industry as an example if you've run a landfill site you are effectively responsible for that landfill site for all eternity you know if, if there is a problem with with gas escaping or you know hazardous noxious chemicals leaking from it even if you've long since packed up and, and gone away or sold the site you are still in the firing line for that construction kind of needs to be the same doesn't it and, and as you say with with digital age and bim and all that goes with it all of that is perfectly doable all, it, all that's lacking i guess is is the will and and you know Somebody to say, yeah, we, we're we're willing to accept that level of transparency. Yeah, and I don't think it should be. We should be frightened of it. We should actually embrace it. I don't know how much a GoPro costs nowadays or whatever, and I'm just picking one, but I'm sure there's a great deal number that you can put on the top of a helmet. And and I even know that some of the larger uh, housing companies in London, because they're worldwide, they're selling their units worldwide. Sometimes they're uh, project managers or their sales people have these cameras fitted so they can walk around a unit and so the person doesn't who's maybe living in i don't know czech well <laughs> slovakia whatever all of those places around the world don't have to get a hop on a plane they can see the unit there so we we're partly doing it but we don't want to do it in all of it um it's great you know th this pandemic has made us all think something different and uh i think it'll be a but i think it will be a brave step by one company to do it but i think they'll be in the day put on that pedestal i really do it's it's one of those things again though i think the company that makes the leap is is the one that gets the uh you know the the, the first mover advantage isn't it you know we, i was talking recently to somebody at jcb about the fact that they can now log 
you know, when a machine is turned on, when it's turned off. And you think about that within the plant hire industry. So rather than hiring a machine at £100 a day, £200 a day, £500 a week or whatever it might be, you could actually hire it. You know, the, the will is there or the ability is there to hire it for the time that it's running. So, but it, it still requires a plant hire to say, we're going to do that. We, we yeah. are going to take the advantage and we're going, yeah. to, we're going to put our name against that. And yeah. yes, I, I, I'm sure there would be some initial pain because rather than getting their £500 a week, they might be getting 300 because that's how much it's working. But you imagine the PR that comes off the back of that and they, they would then become everybody's go-to hire, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. Uh, I think it's you – know, we, we, we've, we've got dash cams in our car. We've got um, ring doorbells. We've got all sorts of things that now – take pictures of what is going on so why aren't we doing it exactly uh, and probably it's because we'll be seeing that of some of those uh cameras are going off at three o'clock on a friday afternoon when really they should be going off at five o'clock on a friday afternoon or five thirty. you know that's it's accountability it's accountability and productivity we know in the uk is always said by the government as to be one of the lowest in the civilized world you know it it is terrible you know our productivity compared to other people like france germany spain and places like that so um you know it's not to say that it's bad but we do we could do so much better absolutely right neil i've, I've kept you for almost an hour now and i do oh, apologize yeah. for that um, but um we've, we've obviously got the uh, the web address of the bclive.co.uk scrolling across the bottom of the screen yeah uh, is that the best place to find out more or would you like to direct people elsewhere well that that's for the live table um and that's literally sort of like a rolling table like your uh, sky tv premiership uh, table where the goal goes in it changes and well as a contract's awarded it's there but that's the headline act really the best place to go to is buildersconference.co.uk um, and request an online demo to our um uh, our, our platform um where we keep all our information um and and you the way it's been built um is like no other platform out there at, at this present moment in time it, it's obviously been built especially for the construction industry and it was built by the construction industry because uh, with the help of many people from the industry many companies helped us to build it uh, and design it um, so it's what they want rather than what we are telling you you need uh, and there it is it, it, it contains something like approximately eleven thousand projects a year uh, across the uk so yeah just go to buildersconference.co.uk or call us on 0208 770 and uh, we'll be very willing to help you just to back that up and, and just to, to bring people's attention to this uh, several times this past or oh, it was the past week because the show's only six episodes in on our breakfast show uh, this week we featured a, a couple of early warnings of demolition contracts that have been let including mm. one I, I i remember one specifically that armac of one up in in coventry that comes directly from the builders conference um they they made us aware of that before the market was aware now that, that one was already let but you know there are projects going up there literally by the minute, by the yeah. hour, and yeah. and I mean you you mentioned earlier you know everyone wants to be the first. Well, if you want to be the first to know what projects are going on in your part of the country or in your specific field, BC Live is or Builders Conference is exactly where we go to to find that information. Yeah, we've got a fantastic team of researchers uh, here here at Builders Conference. Uh, they they're very very dedicated, and they're also also 
known to many of the people in the industry, which is a fantastic help for us because we're not that faceless people uh, at the end of a telephone because we do have, when we were allowed to have uh, events, uh, we, we often have an event at the Savoy Hotel at, at, at Christmas time so everybody can meet each other and say hello. Um, yeah, and those researchers, our industry recognised as one of the best. And uh, so we're very, very lucky. I'm very, very lucky to sit on top of uh, of the pile to organise them and everything else. And But I, I would be nothing, really, uh, uh, unless I had that, that fantastic team of people below me. Absolutely. Neil, I'm going to let you get back to your working day. It looks like you're dressed for success today. So um, well, That's the I'll only work. time I ever put on a suit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I probably should have done the same myself. You, you're making me look bad. But um, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. And it's it's fantastic news to be talking to you at a time when £8 billion in, in the bank for the industry. That is remarkable news and completely unexpected. So um, Fantastic. Yeah. So thank you for your time today, Neil. I shall speak to you again very, very soon. Um, and thanks, everyone, for watching. If you've got thank any more much. questions, you know where to find Neil. Uh, but in the meantime, that will do for this month's business briefing. I'll see you all again very, very soon. Thank you.